0: Forbes Books presents The Sky's the Limit with host Dee Brown, the president and CEO of the P3 Group, the nation's largest minority, public, private partnership real estate developer. Here's D. Welcome back to the conclusion of my talk with Warren Stevens, the chairman, president and CEO of Stevens Inc. Warren, before we go forward, I want to go back to 1970. When Stevens Inc. raised nearly $5 million in an IPO for a small Arkansas-based discount retailer, that turned out to be a good move. That retailer was Walmart. And I know you were a kid at the time, but what do you think about when people bring that up?
1: Well, I'm so proud that we were a part of that and so thankful we were a part of that, D. That was only, you know, I mentioned early on that we were a public finance firm that was only Walmart was only the second IPO initial public offering that we'd 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 ever done, and of course it's one of the great success stories in the history of American business, well, international business, to have been a part of that. It was very lucky for Stevens Stevens Inc. at the time that that's the second IPO we've we we ever did. The first one was a, was a success, but nothing, you know, nothing's ever going to be what, <laughs> right. what Walmart is. I mean, that's a once in a century kind of, kind of story.
0: Right. Tough act so, to follow.
1: Oh, oh gosh. I mean, I guess, I guess you could say Amazon's the, you know, the 21st century version of that. And, and it's interesting. They, um, Amazon is building all the assets that Walmart already has to big distribution centers all all that sort of you know storefronts not as many as as Walmart but uh, you know there's uh, people ask me all the time about the threat of Amazon to Walmart and I'm like well it's it's a threat for sure but don't think those guys are gonna go away quietly or just you know lay down and let Amazon run over them because I guarantee you, they're not, and they're not. They're they're figuring out how to get things delivered and and uh, you know to the home, which has been a a huge change that, that was accelerated by COVID. All that is never gonna
0: go back to the way it was pre pandemic. Right, I agree with you. Now I know that your dad and Sean Walton shared a uh, long relationship. And relationships are obviously important um, in business. And so when it comes to relationships, how do you view those in terms of what you do every day from a business perspective?
1: Well, I should have mentioned early on, Dee, that we're very much a relationship-oriented firm. We like to work with people, whether it's an individual, whether it's a municipality, whether it's a company. We like to work with them over a long period of time. So we really get to understand their business, their goals, and and we could and we can recommend appropriate strategies to get there. And we never put our interest, the firm's interest ahead of, of our clients. And sometimes our interest and, and our clients aren't gonna result in any financial reward for our firm. But they're the right thing. It's the right thing to do. It's the right strategy for them. Well, we don't hesitate to tell them, "You do that. Uh, you don't have to. You know, we, there's nothing for us to do in this right now. But we'll stay involved and we'll we'll help you. And, and ultimately, maybe maybe you know something good will come out of it. So, you know, r- relationships and the way we we go about it is all developed, is is completely developing. Uh, uh, your your level of, of trustworthiness with with your clients. Um, our investment banking industry is not particularly known for having uh, relationships. they're very they're very fee oriented as, as an industry and of course we get paid uh, in fees but over time the relationship model we feel is is a much better way to build a firm. I I know my dad used to say, and he was talking about Stevens, is you you do things slowly. And I think you can see that, that, you know, starting in 1933, and then I don't remember the exact date. We didn't open our first outside office till the early 90s. And I think that qualifies as slow, but it it accelerated. It's accelerated a lot. Uh, It accelerated in 08 and 09 in particular, because so many firms were laying people off and we use that as an opportunity to grow various parts of our firm. And the people that have joined us over the years believe in that relationship model. And many of them came from firms that were similar to ours that are no longer there. The, those firms got acquired by Bigger firms, and over time, they lose their they lose their independence and they lose their culture. And it's not the same working working for Bank of America focused on small and mid cap companies uh, as it is at Stevens. They're such behemoths, and I don't mean to pick on Bank of America. You could name you could name any any of the large so-called bulge bracket firms. They didn't feel like they were a, a very contribu- very significant contributor to the to the overall success of the firm, where at Stevens they are, and it, and it takes all of us working to make that happen and the, and the firm grow and succeed. So the relationship aspect of, of our business is the absolute key to our long-term success. It's relationships that we had prior to, to me and prior to almost anyone anyone at the firm. Uh, being there, we've just built on those that were established by my uncle and dad and people that came that worked with them before us. And we've tried to add to it. And, and, and I must say, the reputation that we encounter from people out there that know about the firm and either knew my father, knew my uncle, or watched us operate, it, we really can get in almost every day every door we knock on and it's and it's a testament to them and what they did and right. and what their reputation was and I know you know when I saw you and and D Jr the other day I, it came to mind you know I got the reputation of my uncle and father my children are going to have the reputation that I leave them for the firm and D's going to have yours and and, and 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 so by golly it makes you think absolutely i don't want to leave them in a you know with the you know well it's it now it's gotten even worse but when all the burning Madoff stuff was happening i turned to miles our oldest and and i said good lord those poor kids are gonna to have to change their last name you destroyed their future
0: right and, and right. for what
1: money good lord
0: I was watching the podcast on your on your dad and he said some some words that really stuck with me. And he made the comment that you go to work every day and work hard, go home with your reputation intact, come back tomorrow and you still have the opportunity to be successful. Those were some powerful words. I actually uh, sent that out on a text message to all my team members. Oh, so, good. Uh, well, well, well yeah. it
1: is—it's a powerful message, and it and it is true. And and you can look at our history as a firm, and we've taken some pretty big hits financially doing the right thing for our clients, and that's what you do. You can you can absorb it. Maybe they couldn't, and you say, okay, we'll do this.
0: Right, right. Just kind of circling back to the uh, Walmart story, is there any kind of story that took place behind the scene about that IPO that you think the listeners would find interesting, any kind of nuances or challenges that uh, uh, make for a good story?
1: Well, you know, again, I was in...
0: I think I was in junior high school, but as
1: you know, dad was on their board after they went public. And, um, one summer we were up here, I was visiting dad and he said, uh, Warren, I got to go to, to a Walmart board meeting, And I want you to go with me. And I've asked Sam, I would obviously never call him that. I- I've asked Sam, he's, he's fine. Bring me bringing you. And I said, Okay. Well, you know, I didn't know what a board meeting was or anything like that. So we jumped in the car and off we went to, to Bentonville. And on the way up there, they said, Sam Walton is the most cost conscious CEO of a company. Because at the time, Sam, Sam was still CEO. I have ever seen, and it is reflected all the way through the company.
0: And I, you know, okay,
1: I didn't know, I didn't know anything about, I I, I didn't have anything to compare it to, but I I thought back on that a lot and I went in, you know, here I am a teenager and I go to this board meeting and I'm sitting there in a, in a, somewhere in their headquarters at a, at a fold up for Micah top table and they gave us a sandwich. But if you wanted a Coke or a cup of coffee, you had to go get it out of the out of the vending machine. I mean, they they you you had to as an employee you paid for your coffee at it at, at work. I remember leaving there and Dad telling me he was on the board of another public company that was headquartered in a major U.S. city, and I'm going to leave it un unnamed. But he said, you know, for that board, I fly in the night before, have a big fancy dinner. We go to the board meeting, uh, meet for a couple of hours, and then we have a big fancy lunch. And he said, you know, I think Sam's got it right. This is the way a public company board ought to be run because the shareholders sure aren't wasting any money based on how he runs that, that company. And then he said, you know, I don't know how, how big Sam can be. He said, but I tell you this. It isn't money that motivates him. Sam wants to be the best retailer he can possibly be. I thought about that, and that was kind of what we were saying: is you know, find something you're passionate about. And Sam was clearly passionate about that. Got every, got all his associates in the company to feel that way. And if if Sam Walton won one of the greatest retailer that ever lived, he's in the top two or three, right? I mean, he's a, I mean, there's there's just, there's just no, I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, um, and what what they have done as a company for Northwest Arkansas and all of Arkansas, but really Northwest Arkansas is just remarkable. Uh, You know, going back to our uh, discussion on philanthropy, uh, Northwest Arkansas, when I was growing up, was nothing like it is today. It, it, there wasn't anything there but the University of Arkansas, and uh, and it felt it it was isolated. It was over the Ozark and Boston Mountains, and it's hard to get to. And and now it's 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 one of the most vibrant places uh, in the country. And 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 basically took a pretty poor part of the state uh, of Arkansas and transformed it into probably per capita, the, the, the wealthiest part of the state, and as I, I say all the time, there is no government program or plan in the history of the world before or will there be one since that could do what Walmart's done for Northwest Arkansas. Nobody can do that. Now, there are others, certainly Tyson and, and, and the Hunts and other companies that are up there that, that have had tremendous success. and and contributed, but it started with uh, Sam Walton and his family in
0: in Walmart. Right. So just to touch on one more deal during the show, you guys participated in the financing of the New Orleans Superdome. Now this was a project that no one on Wall Street wanted to touch at the time, but you all were able to pull it off. Uh, You issued, I, I think it was about $113 million in municipal bonds which was the largest municipal bond issue in the South at the time. Why did Stevens take a gamble uh, on the Superdome? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't
1: know the the, the answer to that. Uh, but dad and, and there was another, there was a New Orleans bank that at that time banks could do, they could have a, a division that could do uh, public finance. And I can't remember the name of it. We decided we would take that on. And one of the great, success stories we've ever been involved with is a superdome in new orleans because first of all the, all the bonds were sold in 24 hours i don't know what new york firms were looking at in terms of the marketability of those of those bonds but whatever it was they were wrong and um you know the the, the superdome has been just a uh, home run for New Orleans I mean I'm pretty sure New Orleans right. has hosted more Super Bowls than any other city and they've hosted NCAA Final Fours Of course they have the Sugar Bowl college national championship game every few years and that I, I'm told that the area around the Superdome has over the years has been completely transformed. By the presence of that building, and and of course they've renovated it over the years and and kept it up. So to emphasize the point, we were talking about a, a reputation and leaving that as a legacy to your to your family. In the nineties, we were helping a company make an uh, an acquisition in Louisiana, and it was probably going to be a hostile acquisition. Well, as you well know, D. Louisiana has, uh, state laws and Napoleonic code, unlike anywhere else
0: in this country.
1: And so we had a, a a very well-known law firm advising us from New York, but we needed, we needed Louisiana representation. So dad wasn't in town. I went back to see my uncle and I described the situation to him. I said, we need, you know, I need some, I need some help and it needs to be you know kind of part politics part legal and he said well there's all there, this is who you need to call Warren it was a man by the name of John McKithen and I didn't know John McKithen from from anything and he said he was on Public Service Commission when I was running Arkla, and he was governor of Louisiana when your father did the Superdome bonds and really bailed him out uh, of a tough financial situation so I called John McKithen, and, and I started the conversation off with Governor McKithen, my name's Warren Stevens, I am with Stevens' nephew and Jack Stevens' son, and I've got a situation that I think you and your firm might be able to help us on, and I launched into this long discussion about all that, well, he didn't care one bit about that, and he I've got finished, and he said, you want to run that by me again? And I said, Sure. Uh, And I started just talking about the deal. And he said, no, 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 the first part. And I said, oh, you mean about being with Stevens' nephew and and Jack Stevens' son? He said, yeah. He said, well, uh, let me tell you something. He said, I wouldn't have been on public service commission. And I don't know what would have happened to me as a politician and and governor if your dad hadn't bailed me out on those Superdome bonds. He says, your family's never asked me for a thing you've never asked me for one favor, one thing. And I said, he said, you come on down here and I'll do what I can to help you get your clients across the finish line. And I, I hung up and I thought to myself, well, by God, that's that reputation certainly came in handy right here. And their actions prior to mine made this possible. And long story short, we were worried about their takeover defenses and all that. He basically got it all knocked out and uh, just said, oh, all that that law doesn't mean that of course in Louisiana it's easier to say that than than most places so it was just fascinating and I never ever forgot my experience of you know basically standing on the shoulders of my uncle and father to to help a client uh get what they wanted and we were successful and we went on and made that was a whole series of acquisitions we made for that client but that that was the first one and uh who knows? We might not have been able to. We probably wouldn't have been involved in the other. I can't remember if it was two or three transactions, but we, but we were. And it's it just so awesome to have that experience
0: for me. Right. No. Absolutely. So, Warren, if you had to pick a transaction over the last thirty plus years that was probably most transformative, most memorable to you, uh, what transaction would that be? D, the the one that I worked
1: on directly and had the most involvement with was Tyson Foods acquisition of, of Holly Farms in the early nineties. We were successful advising Tyson. We actually had to give what's known as a as a firm underwriting to Tyson for a hundred million dollars of, of their stock to help them finance the the acquisition. I remember John Tyson telling me it, when, when that was going on, he said, "Well, if Dad can pull this off, meaning Don Tyson, he said, we'll have to find something to do in other food groups because we're going the the poultry business. We won't be able to make another acquisition because we'll be so big. Well, we did pull it off. It was a spectacular success for Tyson, and of course, they did go on to significantly expand their pork operations and their beef operations. Then the One that taught me absolutely what our firm and what our family was about was a private equity investment when our family invested in Worthen Bank. We were investors there with with some uh, friends from actually Indonesia that my dad had gotten to know, but Worthen suffered a catastrophic loss over Easter weekend one year, 1985. The state of Arkansas had some short-term cash, $52 million, and they gave it to Worthen to invest literally over Easter weekend, and Worthen gave it to a firm called Bevel, Bressler, and Shulman. It's a common transaction called a repurchase agreement, but Worthen failed to get the rights to the underlying securities that they that they bought. Well, the firm never opened on Monday, and our firm, meaning at Worthen, even though it was the state's money that was that was lost, they became an unsecured creditor of, of the firm's bankruptcy. Worthen decided it would take the loss instead of the state retirement system, and the fifty two million dollar loss wiped out the equity of Worthen bank. It went from 55 to 3 million. Okay. But essentially that was it. You know, my father said, well, if we let the state retirement system lose $52 million because one of our investments was, was stupid in the way they did something. He says, we'll have to, we'll have to move out of state. We can't, we can't do that. So we're going to have to figure something else out. Well, I was very, very young at the time, maybe Bennett Stevens, four years, but over, masters weekend the OCC and the Fed are going to come in and basically auction off Worthing, what's left of Worthing, to to someone who would like to buy it and we left the masters me and dad and one of my father's dearest closest friends a man by the name of Hootie obviously a nickname Hootie Johnson and on the way on the plane coming home Dad and Hootie are talking about what they're going to do to rescue the bank and they came up with the idea of doing a rights offering to recapitalize Worthen and then Stevens would underwrite the rights issue but we would upfront that money to the bank so it was fully capitalized and we left there and and, Worthen stock went down when when we announced all that Worthen stock went down. 80%. And we took a huge loss on our stock position that took us forever to work our way out of. And at one time after that,
0: in an interview, I
1: said, well, that was, I think you'd have to say Worthen has been a blot on our investment record, but we've done very well and so forth and so on. And dad saw that and he told me, he said, you know, Warren, I think Worthen's going to be our finest moment. And I stopped and looked at him because I'd gone down, my my personal investment had gone down so much. And I said, really? He said, yeah, we're going to make this thing work and it's going to be right. Lo and behold, he was right. Worthing became profitable again after many years uh, of working working their way out of the hole. And eventually sold to boatman's and boatman's eventually sold to nation's bank and nation's bank now's bank of America. But it was, it was all about just doing the right thing. Dad was not going to let the state of Arkansas retirement system lose $52 million because we did something wrong or a firm we we're involved with did something wrong. And I just, again, I, I said, okay, that, that's, that's what we're about.
0: And, right. uh, We need to continue that, and and we have. Well, last question for you, Warren. What do you want your legacy to be at the end of the day? Man, I
1: don't know. I would like to think uh, we've been straightforward as a firm, and that that reflects our corporate ethics and our family's ethics, and that we're honest and trustworthy, and the business side of that will just be whatever whatever the legacy is and then on our on a personal side it would I think it would be that we loved raising our children here and they all love Arkansas
0: and you know they're gonna they're gonna do their best to carry on well Warren you have uh, definitely created a legacy and a name that your family and your kids can be proud of uh, it was a pleasure having you on my very first episode of the sky's the limit i appreciate you participating ladies and gentlemen warren stevens the chairman president and ceo of the little rock based investment banking firm stevens inc thanks again warren i appreciate having you on the show no d thank you I, it's an honor i appreciate it and uh, we'll we'll keep trying to help help arkansas grow and that's it for this episode of the sky's the limit If you enjoyed the show, make sure you take a second to subscribe so you automatically get my new shows when they drop. Also, if you have a minute, I'd love if you review our show so more folks can find us. I'll see you next time. This has been The Sky's the Limit with D Brown. To find out more about D, go to dbrownceo.com. And to connect with The P3 Group, check out thep3groupinc.com. The Sky's the Limit is a production of Forbes Books.